this is FBG Jen and FBG Kristen. And I'm FBG Margo, host and producer. You're listening to the podcast that will help you keep a lid on the junk in the trunk and inspire you to live a happy and confident life. Each episode, we chat with motivational experts and celebs and share our own candid adventures in being healthy. If you're looking for a podcast that's equal parts hilarious and enlightening, well then welcome to the Fit Bottoms Girls podcast. Welcome back to the Fit Bottom Girls podcast. This is FBG Margo, and on the line today, we have Jen. Hi. And we have Kristen. Hey. And Kristen, you weren't on this interview today. Uh, Jen and I were. We talked to Allison Feller, and she has a blog called Allie on the Run, and she also just started a podcast this past year. And Jen, I really enjoyed talking to her. She is very frank and honest and super funny. She had, I feel like we had the best, honest conversation, like just kind of no holds bar, like here's, here's what it is, here's my truth, and this is my life. She was great, and really, she was really funny too. I am so sad that I missed it, because I was actually her roommate at a, a Runner's World race weekend event a couple of years ago, and I mean, we hit it off just, we hit it off before we even met, because we started emailing. So I, yeah, I'm really sad that I missed it, but I'm so glad that you guys had a good time. I knew you would. Yeah. Still, nice to hear. It, it was very <laughs> she's, educational. She's one of us. Yeah, she's totally, yes. she, she's totally an FPG. It's very educational. If you, She has Crohn's disease, and she writes, and she's also a runner, which is, you know, it's tough to have both in your life, one with the other. So, and I was, I'll be honest with you, I didn't really know too much about Crohn's disease. I, I really know about it now that we've heard it from Allie. And just to let yeah. you guys know, she really gets into it, what it is and how she deals with it and how it affects her life. But you're going to fall in love with her just like we did because she's just so, like I said, she's delightful and she's cool and she's honest. And I guess what I wanted to talk to you guys about because she talks about certain, you know, embarrassing mishaps she has had because of the Crohn's disease. And I guess we wanted to challenge each other with our own. What's your most embarrassing gym workout or running mishap and i want to who wants to go first uh margo margo you go first okay so this happened about 10 years ago it's at new york sports club and i was on the elliptical and i was eyeing over my shoulder to get a, a treadmill and I did it really quickly, had my earphones in, like I always do, and I noticed the treadmill came open. It was like, you know, noon, midtown Manhattan, like everyone's fighting over the machines, that kind of stuff. So without even mm-hmm. thinking, I jumped off, I turned around, jumped off the elliptical, and I jumped on top of that treadmill, and it was in full motion. Like it was going, it's the, somebody didn't turn it off, they left it on. So I jumped on there, and I immediately was thrown off the thing. And the, everybody like was like going, oh my God, oh my God, but laughing at the same time. And I, and I, and I, and I was laughing too, cause I was embarrassed, but some, my friend was there and she's like, I'm so sorry. You kind of looked like a deranged Muppet. Like you just kind of, your arms <laughs> and everything were like, a and she flew back, you know, and I was just like, it's like Elmo or somebody <laughs> flying off that thing. And, <laughs> and it cured me. Like I've never, guys. Always look at the treadmill before you approach it because some people don't remember to turn it off. They're jerks. So don't be me. <laughs> so that's my most oh, embarrassing. Man. That's my most, most embarrassing mishap. Man, I thought for sure. I was like, I bet Margo will have like a teaching 
mishap or something because I know I have tons um, of those when, too. I, when I was teaching right I was like I feel like when I was teaching spin and group x and like uh, step like step aerobics I, I would <laughs> fall and <laughs> I'd be like off beat or especially with step um <laughs> that's not my forte well, there was the one time so I had to run I had to go to the bathroom it's like I've only twice in my career have I left a classroom to use the bathroom I just really had to use it and I was wearing my mic and maybe I forgot to turn it off. Oh, so maybe that's yeah. a little more embarrassing. Oh, I am cringy. <laughs> oh, no. No, that's no, no. Good. It was my regulars, and they were fine with it. They, were, they, they laughed, but yeah. Turn the mic off and check the treadmill. Those are my two oh. warnings for you guys. <laughs> like the tips, I feel like. <laughs> I feel like I've done everything. Like, I've gotten my period. Um, I farted in yoga. I mean, I like... I have done, I feel like, it all, but I have, can I tell two stories? Go for it. Because I had another one. One that I think is just kind of a nice anecdote. Okay. My most, my actual most embarrassing one is I was doing, so I ran a marathon in 2010. I was doing my one big, you know, if you've ever run a marathon, you have, like, your one big, usually 20-mile run before training run. And it's kind of like the most mileage you do before your race, and then you start to taper. So I had worked at this 20-mile race to be, or this 20-mile run to be, you know, a really big deal. I'd never run that far. I was so excited. So I go out. I have all my gear ready. I have my whole route planned, like, around my neighborhood. I'm, like, transversing, like, all kinds of neighborhoods and parks and areas of Kansas City. Like, a whole city tour. So I get about eh, a little more than half of a mile from my house. I'm running on sidewalk. And on a fairly busy street, there's a number of families. It's a nice day. It's like a, it was winter, but it wasn't that cold. So there's, there's a number of like people that are outside in front of their houses because it's a Saturday morning. So I'm running on sidewalk. I, I trip so bad that my earphones fly out. Oh, I no. complete, like I had like a hydration belt on the water goes flying I skinned up my knee. I skinned up my hands from falling. Oh. The neighbors are like, <laughs> like, is she okay? This guy driving in a red truck. I will not forget forget this guy. He's he's driving down the street. He like really quickly goes Rawr! and like pulls over to the side, hops out, puts his hands on his head, and is like, Are you okay? Are you okay? Oh, no. <laughs> like, I couldn't have just like fallen and no one saw it like instead I have this whole audience and apparently it looks bad enough that you know <laughs> they're like actually really worried about me I'm like no it's cool like I'm just you know embarrassed so okay I'm gonna get my shit together because I still have 19 and a half miles oh, to no. <laughs> I like you know pick my water bottle back up put my headphones back in and I'm like I kind of was like bleeding just like a tad on my my knee and I'm like well, what do I do do I like run home and clean this up and put a band-aid on it do I like continue on like what the heck am I gonna do and I was like oh no you're fine just keep running and it was totally fine and I like shook it all off and had you know like all of this adrenaline actually pumping that I think you know I ended up having a really good run after that but yeah, because what else are you thinking about? Like, you just want to get it over with. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was it was a rough start, but I just remember I was, like, so excited for it, and then I was like, oh, no, okay, this is different than I expected. This is not what I envisioned. Uh, <laughs> but it, like, actually badly hurt because I would have blown. My other kind of funny thing that really doesn't have that much to do about working out, but I do think it's related and kind of funny, the first time I met Bob Harper, 
the first thing I said to him, have I told you this story? Have I said this story on the podcast, Margo? Yeah, I think so, but tell, tell it again. We always get new listeners. I love it. It's my favorite. So <laughs> all right, I get to meet Bob Hopper for the first time, and he's standing there, and I was immediately shocked by I didn't realize he was as tall as he is. He's like six one or something. Yeah. He's really, he's, he's tall and he's really, um, sexy. Yeah. He's super sexy. So before I could even do anything or any, any thought process I was having, I just spewed out, oh my gosh, you're so beefy. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm supposed to say? Beefy? Like, I mean, it's just so weird. god face palm like the first thing is you say to like you know one of your fitness idols is oh my god you look so beefy (laughs) such a compliment i mean he immediately he would just like laughed and was like thank you (laughs) 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 your mind that comes out is the right thing to say that's what i've learned that's my tip that's your protein and say whatever is on your mind (laughs) lots of takeaways from this episode Kristen. now you don't want to So it's not that I'm so cool by any stretch of the imagination, but I don't have a lot of great stories like this. Or if I do, (laughs) it's entirely possible that I have just blocked them out. So the the one I can think of is from, I mean, geez, oh, Pete, this has got to be 15, no, probably like 17 years ago, long time ago. I had, I had just moved to, to Gainesville, Florida, and I kind of a friend of a friend invited me to go to I think it was a Zumba class but it might have been a step aerobics class I'm not sure what it was it was a group X class at any rate and before that for lunch someone had brought home I'd never had sushi before and someone brought over sushi and it was like from Publix our supermarket which it's for the record typically really good sushi not like you know weird gas station sandwich sushi so I had some and I was like yeah cool good but you know sometimes you eat stuff for the first time and your stomach does not always understand quite what what's happening (laughs) um so you want to give it a little time to digest which I didn't have time because I had agreed to go to this class and so I went in and we're doing the moves and my stomach got a little growly but I was like oh that's fine I'll just you know just do a little toot and you know no one will notice right (laughs) um but it was And I mean, nothing horrible happened. It's just that there was no hiding that someone had had passed some gas. (laughs) And and the friend I was with was not someone who I knew well enough to be like, fist bump, got this one. Uh, So I I did the horrified look around at everybody else like, who the hell would do such a thing? Why wouldn't you excuse yourself? Ugh, you animal. Um, And I just I was like, if I look the angriest of everybody, no one will suspect it's me. So that was, yeah, that, I guess that's it. But it's, it's not horribly embarrassing because I don't think anybody except me actually knew it was happening. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I'm like, well, thank God I'm, um, you know, beat red from, from exercising because otherwise I probably would be super red in the face from, from doing that. But yeah, that's, that's the best confession you're getting out of me. That's all I got. Okay. Good confession. It's a good one. I yeah. think we covered the bases there. <laughs> yeah. So my advice is maybe don't try sushi for the first time like 40 minutes before you're going to a high intensity workout in a group setting with closed doors. Yeah, that's a yeah. good rule. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's solid. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I, I think we're probably done talking about farting. That's good. <laughs> yeah. 
that's just all I can handle. Although, I mean, I think Allie, Allie would appreciate it. That was, um, I think so. <laughs> She's yeah, laughing so hard right now. <laughs> she totally is. Allie, you inspired this. <laughs> um, but it was great because I, um, like my, my dad has Crohn's. So when we were, um, when we were roommates, I was like, hey, I'm totally familiar. She's like, awesome. So, you know, I get the bathroom first, right? I'm like, oh yeah, I, I know what's that. <laughs> <laughs> like, do I need to carry toilet paper for you? Or are you good? And she's like, no, I got that. I'm like, sweet. We're going to be great roommates. It was awesome. <laughs> well, let's just get right into it today. This is our interview with Allison Feller, Allie on the Run. Welcome back to the Fit Bottom Girls podcast. Today, our guest is Allison Feller. She is a freelance writer and editor in New York City. Well, technically, West New York, New Jersey. But anyway, <laughs> she writes for Well and Good, Women's Health, Self, Shape, Dance Magazine, and Dance Spirit. She is also the former editor-in-chief of Dance Spirit Magazine. Allie, as she is known, is the creator of the blog Allie on the Run, which she started in October 2010. She also hosts the podcast Allie on the Run Show. She has completed six marathons, lots of half marathons, and is completely obsessed with her rescue pup, Ellie. Allie is on our show today to talk about her love of running, plus how she handles Crohn's disease. Welcome to the show, Allie. Thank you so much, and I'm smiling because my dog made it into the intro, so I feel very <laughs> proud of that. <laughs> Every once in a while, I sneak my cats in there, too, so <laughs> so this is Margo. Yes, she is the greatest love of my life. <laughs> so this is Margo, and on the line today, we have Jen. Hello, hello. Hello, yay. So, Allie, I'm going to ask you the first question. You are very open about how much Crohn's disease affects your life. Would you mind giving our audience a primer on what exactly... Crohn's disease is and how it has affected you personally and with your running? I would love to. So I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease when I was seven years old. So for me, people always ask like, oh, what's it like? And I'm kind of like, well, I've always had it. So what's it not like? Uh, what's it like not to have it? So Crohn's disease is an inflammatory bowel disease. So the easiest way to think of it, or at least the way that it affects me is think about like your worst case scenario where you're walking down the street or you're out for a run and all of a sudden your stomach hurts and you need to go to the bathroom and you're like running for the bathroom. That is my life with Crohn's disease. And I'm always worried about whether or not I'm going to make it. So it's basically like for me, the disease comes and goes. It's inflammation in your intestines. So when I'm healthy, I'm fine. And then I go through periods of having a flare up. When I'm having a flare, that's basically when I'm really sick. Like right now, for example, I happen to be going through a flare. So flares for me are a lot of stomach pain and cramping and bloating. So it's very uncomfortable and a lot of time in the bathroom. And how graphic do you want me to be on this podcast today? (laughs) Um, So when I'm in the bathroom, I'm not like running for the bathroom and then it's, you know, what you would call normal. It's diarrhea and it's pretty yucky like I'm pretty open about talking about it so I'm going to be honest here because I like to spread awareness when I'm running from the bathroom it's mostly blood and mucus that's happening in there so it's not pleasant of course but I guess most bowel movements even normal ones aren't super pleasant but it's it's a lot of urgency it's a lot of discomfort it's a lot of not wanting to leave the house because I'm constantly afraid of not being near a bathroom and it's a lot of having to put your life on hold and that of course can lead to a whole host of mental side effects that come with that, a lot of situational depression. And again, this is all personal. This is how it affects me. 
night sweats, fevers. I get a lot of joint pain when I'm having flares, which, uh, because arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis is also an autoimmune condition, just like Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis. So I get a lot of that, the inflammation in my joints. So you're just kind of in constant pain and discomfort. It's really great. <laughs> and, um, and it's just really hard to go about your life. That's the biggest thing for me is that you never know how long a flare is going to last. I know that for me, I've had flares that have lasted only a couple of weeks and then they've calmed down with medication. And then the worst one I've ever had lasted two years. I had to go on medical leave from my job. I went days without leaving my apartment at all, like literally zero fresh air, which is not so good for you either. Very, very low vitamin D levels that summer. And... And it's hard. You never know when you're going to feel better. And so that just means a total lifestyle shift. And I'm still, I'm 32 now, so I've had the disease for several decades, and I still don't have it figured out, but uh, it's a work in progress. Man, and you still have a great sense of humor. I mean, <laughs> you, you have to. That's the yeah. thing is, um, though, I will say, people, a lot of people with Crohn's disease find a lot of comfort in making poop jokes, and I hate that. Yeah. I'm all about, like, do you and whatever makes you feel better, but I, like, I've never used the poop emoji on the phone. It's just not my thing. I, but I, I do have a, and, and it's not that I don't think it's funny. I'm just kind of like, oh, but I don't need that. That's not, like, that's not really my jam. But I do very much have a sarcastic sense of humor when it comes to pretty much everything. <laughs> So despite, like, all of, you know, the health issues that you've faced, you have still, you know, continued off and on, I'm sure, depending on, on how bad your, um, your flare-ups are. Like, you've still continued to work out in a lot of ways and, and smile. So what has, I mean, what has your experience taught you about just overcoming adversity and continuing to do the things you love, even if you have to modify how to do them? Yeah, so I will say that it has changed a lot, and that's something that I've really realized throughout this most recent flare, and the one that I had, I have, I was also flaring around uh, this past fall and winter, which was a bummer, because I was training for the New York City Marathon, and it was going to be like my big, I really wanted to PR the marathon, I was really fit going into it, I had like run some really fast times in the shorter distances, and I was just like, this is my year, and then I got sick and sidelined, and it's changed. I, in the past, I struggled a lot with, um, I was never diagnosed, but I definitely had some serious exercise addiction issues going on in my, uh, like mid twenties, I would say, uh, which is around when I started my blog and that's a whole other story. But I, I used to keep working out, I think because it was more of a compulsion and I was just like, I refused to let the disease take away what I loved and over time that's really evolved into a being a lot more forgiving like I, I definitely try to still work out as much as I can because it does so much for me mentally no part of me going for trying to go for a run when I'm flaring has to do with like what I'm eating or you know trying to be a certain weight or burning off calories like it it's I will never say that exercise is therapy because I think therapy is therapy and exercise has so many wonderful mental benefits, of course, but it does serve a really important purpose for me in that a lot of, what's the best way to say this? For a long time, my identity was tied to being Allie on the run, and I felt that I needed to be on the run at all times and that without that... I didn't feel like myself. So when, when you're going through a Crohn's flare, you don't feel like yourself. 
Like you're no longer on the run. You're sometimes not doing your job. For me right now, it's like all I want in life is to take my dog for a really long walk and I suddenly can't do that. So all the things that you've gotten so used to doing in your everyday life and probably take for granted, you can't do anymore. So I love trying to work out because it's sort of my comfort and sense of normalcy and, and it makes me feel better. But I've also learned that not all exercise makes me feel better. And I think I was in denial about that for a really long time. And if I was trying to work out, I really wanted to run. I didn't want to stray from my training plan. I, I, I just love running. Like it's, it's always been something since I got into it. It's just, it's so fun for me. And I love getting outside and, and just doing what I can on any given day. But running is the single hardest thing to do during a flare. It's so high impact. It's so hard on your stomach. It's so drying. I mean, forget having Crohn's disease. Talk to pretty much any runner, and they have a poop story for you. I can tell you, I will go through my Instagram direct messages, and I will tell you, I get lots of poop stories from people, and it's my favorite thing. Just knowing that everyone's been there. You don't have to have Crohn's disease to have been subjected to a bush or a porta potty that is on a construction site that you happen to be running by. So... We've all been there, I like to think, and if I'm confident in that. Uh, but really, running is really hard. That's the reality, is that when I'm sick, running is, is really hard on the body. So now I try to do other things. I try to run when I can. I never wake up and say, I will run today. I say, I hope to run today. And I kind of just see how the day takes me. I'm very fortunate that I am freelance and I work from home. So if at all of a sudden, like my good time is usually around 2 p.m. So if at 2 p.m. I feel I can get out for a run or even a walk that might turn into a run, I will always try. And it's never, I think that I've, I've never lacked motivation in the workout department because it's just something I genuinely love, much in the same, that, in the same way that I love, like, eating good food or taking naps. Like, those are just things I really get excited to do. If I can't run, I might try something else. Right now, spinning is good. Spinning is low impact. Yoga, yoga depends. Like sometimes yoga feels really good. Other times twisting and doing inversions is like a ticket straight to the bathroom. And I started doing Orange Theory, which I have never tried before. And there happens to be one down the road from me. And Orange Theory is a, is a fitness studio where it's high intensity intervals and you're either on the treadmill or on the rowing machine or you're on the floor. And, and most of the time you're moving around in groups. So no one's paying attention to what you're doing. Also, the studio has four bathrooms, and that is literally the reason that I keep going back because I'm so comfortable there that there have been times I've had to jump off the treadmill and run for the bathroom, and I usually tell the instructor beforehand, like, hey, if you're telling us to sprint and I drop down to a walk, like, this is why, and, and they're super understanding. Like, I've never – I've had instructors, like, make comments at certain studios when you leave in the middle of class but that's because I didn't tell them. Like, if you tell an instructor, they're never going to care. So all that to say that working out makes me feel more like myself. And I've developed a really, I'm at a place in my life where I feel I have a very healthy relationship with exercise, which I didn't used to. So in the past, working out during a flare was something that I refused to stop doing. Now, like, I... I don't look at them as like, oh my God, I'm taking a rest day. It's like, no, today is a day that my body is healing and it's good for me and that's okay. If I take more than one day off in a row, that's okay. I take weeks off at a time now. And it's really just about, I've learned to be much more 
in tune with what I think my body needs because I'll be honest, I don't always really know what it actually needs. It's, I, am, I am as lost as the next person sometimes. But it's also just being forgiving and kind of trying to give my body what I hope it will give back to me. Does that sound so cheesy? No, no, but I wonder because you enjoy it so much, how do you handle having to be less active? How do you keep your spirits up? Because, oh, it sucks. Okay, okay, good. That's good to know. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Like, I, I smile a lot. I'm a very happy person, but I also have gone through very dark periods of very deep depression during flares. When I'm healthy, I'm, like, good to go. I love life. I'm psyched about pretty much everything. When I am flaring... I, and I can't do what I want, it's not so much like, I'm crying because I can't go for a run today. It's more like, I don't know when this is going to stop. I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. I'm not myself right now. And it's really hard. Like, there are some days that I, that I am able to just say, like, you know what? My body can't go for a run today. My body is not up for spinning. I'm just going to rest, and that's okay, and I'm really forgiving about it. There are absolutely times where I hate my body for being that way and for not letting me do what I want and for feeling like the enemy. Like when people say, oh, you know, listen to your body. In theory, I think that's great. In reality, sometimes I really want to, I don't want to listen to my body because my body's being an asshole. <laughs> do I, we can bleep that out. No, no. Okay. <laughs> no, we're good. We're good with that. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, it's not easy. Like I, I like to be as positive as I can, but I am not rainbows and sunshine all the time oftentimes I am poop and toilets and and crying so that's that's the reality I think of of not just having Crohn's disease but having any chronic illness or any kind of setback like think about when you're injured and and you can't do what you want it's the same thing it's I mean it's different but it it's really hard to feel like you're not working in tandem with your body so I've I've tried to be more forgiving of it but it it's not easy. No day with Crohn's during a flare is ever easy. And so you just try to take them. I try to take the days one at a time. And again, that sounds cheesy and really cliche, but it's kind of all you can do. You can't really plan for tomorrow or next week or next year. Like I won't book a vacation or I won't sign up for a race when I'm flaring because it just feels like you don't want to set yourself up for potential disappointment. And that still happens, but you know, last week I was supposed to run a race and it was a 5k that I was supposed to do with a whole group of friends and it was at night. So I was like, all right, I have all day to, to get this stuff out of my system and psych myself up to try and do this. And finally it was an hour before the race. And I was like, this just isn't going to happen for me today. And you know, so I, I didn't even go. I, at one point I was like, oh, maybe I'll go cheer. And then I was just like, no, I need to just be home and horizontal. And it was a bummer, but I know that that 5K is still going to be there next year and hopefully I'll get to run it and that doesn't make it easier in the moment, but it's kind of what you have to start telling yourself to eventually believe it. So if, and this is, you know, not in the same way we were talking about injuries and I think a lot of people can identify with like, oh man, it sucks so bad when you're injured and then all of a sudden you like look out and you see all these people like running and you're like, Oh, it must be nice to just go for a run for today. Or people are complaining about, you know, working out or something. You're like, I wish I could do that. Oh yeah. Have you found any other ways besides working out then to kind of like help you to manage your emotions or, 
deep stress. I mean, if working out is typically how you, is a mood enhancer and how you, you know, deal with stress, have you found any other ways besides working out to, to manage yeah. problems? I wish I could be the person right now with the beautiful <laughs> answer for you to be like, yes, I meditate for 45 minutes a day and I'm healed. Like, I so wish that I could be that person, but the reality is I haven't found something that does for me exactly what exercise does and what, what those good endorphins do. I've modified. I think modifying is a big thing that, like, for example, I just went out and bought rollerblades because maybe I can't run down the street, but rollerblading is low, low impact. So if I can get out the door, it's like maybe I can do that. Time with my family, I would say, is the biggest thing. That So my husband and I got a dog a year and a half ago, and she's the best ever. And we're so obsessed with her. Clearly, I've already managed to bring her up three times. So... <laughs> Her name is Ellie, and when it's just me, I can't do a whole lot with her when I'm flaring, which is tough because I don't want to be out for a walk with her, and all of a sudden I need to run and use a bathroom, and that's happened, and I've had to drag her into a public restroom, and she, like, her little tail went between her legs, and she was terrified. She's like, Mom, where are you taking me? And I was like, come on, it's okay. I'm, like, dragging this poor dog into a bathroom, and I was, we were both a little traumatized after that, so I was like, okay, I, I can't risk that anymore, so... I try to obviously get her out for walks during the day and to throw the ball around right outside. But when my husband's around, we can do more because if I need to run to a bathroom or behind a tree, he can hold on to her. And, and there's no secrets between him and I at this point. So he's not really faced by anything, thank goodness. So time with the family is the biggest thing. Like, you know, on Saturdays and, I, and putting away the social media, that is the single biggest thing that I have changed this time around that is saving me. I got to a point a couple weeks ago where I was just so sick, and it's like, Saturday mornings are for long runs, you know, that's what everyone does, and I'm, it's a Saturday morning, and I'm sitting on the toilet with my beloved squatty potty, and I'm scrolling social media, and it's like, oh, this person ran 15 miles, and this person ran 20, and this person PR'd at this race. And it's like, I would, I would also love to say that I'm so mature, and I can just be happy for everyone, and on some level, I am. I feel compelled to say that. But the, the reality there is that it sucks and it's just sitting there and you're looking at all the things people are doing that you want to do. And I try not to resent them, but then I do end up resenting my body and hating it. And my husband always calls me out on it because we would be driving places and I would see a runner go by and I would like be so mean. I'd be like, oh, good for you, blah, blah, blah. I hate you. You suck. And my husband's like, are you seriously like making these like I'm, I'm not saying it to their faces I'm just like muttering it in the car and he's like seriously he's like you sound really nasty right now and I'm like that's true I probably do so it's hard to not feel that way but time with my family helps so we'll go I, I'll leave my phone in the car and we'll go for a walk with the dog and and we're just really strategic about planning like we'll go to places that we know aren't crowded or that have bathrooms or that are just surrounded by woods so if you have to run into the woods and go to the bathroom it's not a big deal I always bring paper towels, toilet paper, wipes, whatever with me. So be prepared. I'm like um, like a crone scout. Like how it's the Boy Scouts, right, that are supposed to always be prepared. So I'm like trying to do that as best I can to, to avoid the stressful situations. That's another big thing is just not putting myself in situations where I'm going to be stressed out and where I'm going to bring on one of those worst-case scenarios. So spending time with Brian, Brian's my husband, with Brian and Ellie just kind of being out in nature as best I can helps because I'm also, I work from home, so I'm home 
all day, every day. When I'm sick, I do not leave the apartment except to take Ellie to go to the bathroom. So by the time the weekend rolls around, I like poor Brian, he works at not he owns a company, so he's exhausted by the weekends and wants to just sleep. I just want to go out and play because I've been home all week, so I'm always working on finding that balance. But I, I think family time and anti-social media time have been the biggest things for me in in trying to maintain my mental sanity. So let's like take a bit of a pivot here. You started your own podcast, The Alley on the Run Show, this past year, right? Yes, I did, in February. And so tell us how you got that started, and what do you think of this new way of communicating with your fans? Oh, I love it so much. So I have always been a writer. I started writing... Well, everyone starts writing in school, and I knew right away that I wanted to go into the world of journalism. So I, by the time I was 16, I knew what my dream job was. I wanted to be the editor-in-chief of Dance Spirit magazine. I was a dancer. It was my favorite magazine. It made perfect sense. And it's a teen magazine, and I love, 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 love teenagers. I want to write for teenagers forever. So I went to college with that in mind, like Went to went to college to major in journalism, got an internship at Dance Spirit, worked my way up until I was editor-in-chief, like, made the dream happen, so, yay. And then I was kind of like, okay, I did it, what's next? And I'm now a freelance writer, and actually, I'll go even back. While I was at Dance Spirit, I, was, I loved the job, but I missed getting to write kind of more what I wanted to write, which was stream of consciousness about running. I just started running and I discovered running blogs. So of course I started my own alley on the run and I loved it. Like blogging was so fun for so many years. And then just like with everything, I mean, I started my blog in 2010. So now we're in, now it's been seven years and it's kind of like, I still love having that outlet, but I don't have as much to say about myself anymore. Like, I've, I've kind of, every now and then I want to talk about stuff, but I've sort of told my story, and I've shared it, and that's been amazing, and we formed a really great community on my blog, but I started listening to podcasts while I was running, because I moved to New Jersey, and I didn't have any friends here when I left the city, and I was marathon training, so I was like, okay, you know, I'm going for these 20-mile runs, actually, that's not true, I got sick, I never made it to 20 miles, but I was going for these long runs, and I was like, wouldn't it be nice to get to chat with friends? And I didn't have any, so I started listening to podcasts, which, as you know, is so great because you don't have to talk back. You can just listen, and you're not out of breath, and it's just kind of nice to feel like you're running with friends, but you're by yourself. So I started listening to more, and I was on a podcast. I was on my friend's podcast. Uh, her show is I'll Have Another with Lindsay Hine, and she brought me on as a guest, and right away, I was like, I need to do this. I love this. Like, turns out, I love talking. I knew nothing about it. I knew, I didn't know how to record, produce. I knew, I, you know, was starting from scratch, but that's what I did with my blog, too. So it was more exciting than it was scary, and I just figured, let's give this a try. And, and so it's called The Alley on the Run Show, and every I do two episodes a week. On Tuesdays, the episodes are sort of, they're shorter, they're around 20 minutes, and those are kind of my stream of consciousness episodes, and it's everything from talking about my favorite races to my most embarrassing running moments to things like where I'm at with Crohn's or my history with exercise and where that's at. And then on Thursdays, those are the longer kind of the hallmark episodes, and on those ones I bring on guests, 
and I get to talk about their stories. I've always been very inquisitive. I, I mean, that's my journalism background. I love asking people questions. My favorite thing to ask people is, like, how did you get where you are in your life right now? I want to know every detail. I want to know everything from your favorite food to your dreams for the future and, and everything very personal in between. So having the podcast is a great way for me to have an excuse to talk to people that I think are cool and get to share those stories with people. And so the show launched back in February and the response has been awesome. I've actually taken the past month off. That was part of my anti-social media in being sick. I actually didn't plan to take time away from the podcast because I love it and the momentum has been so great, but having a flare is so draining and it's kind of like with the blog, you can just write and no one, no one needs to know you're sick. You can write about it, but with the podcast, it's a lot to, to kind of suck it up and be able to sit. And most of the time I can't sit and have a conversation for an hour because I'll have to go to the bathroom a bunch of times in that hour. So it's been on a little hiatus. It is coming back next week, which I'm so excited about. And yeah, it's just been a great way to, to get to talk to some really cool people. I've talked to, I've had everyone on my show from some of my friends who have cool running stories to Natalie Morales and Mia Michaels, who's really big in the choreography industry. So it's really cool. And I find that people are, are pretty willing to do it since podcasting is so new. People, people like talking and it's just a fun way to have a conversation and learn more about someone else instead of just talking about myself which of course is what I'm doing right now so <laughs> I guess I still have something to say but <laughs> well yeah lots to say I mean lots of awesome stuff to say and I think that's why we also have gotten into podcasting love podcasting because we just had these like amazing just cool real conversations that are so yeah. fun do you have a, an episode that you've done or an interview that you've done on your podcast that really stands out as like oh, yeah. your favorite what is oh, it? They're all my favorite. You know, they're like, they're all my babies now. <laughs> so I always tell people to start with episode six, which is Chris Heisler was my guest. Chris is the Run Weston concierge for Weston Hotels. And he's just an awesome guy. Like everything that he said. So on that episode, I cried twice and I laughed the entire rest of the time. He just, he just has so many good stories. His job is so interesting. He travels around to all the different rock and roll races and and I just, I, I loved every single thing that came out of his mouth. The other episode that I think everyone should listen to is, ooh, I don't know the number, maybe 12 or 13. Chris Mosier is the guest on that one. Chris is a very dear friend of mine. He is a transgender athlete. He's on Team USA. Like, he's a badass athlete. He's Nike sponsored. And his, he, he's so great in that I basically was like, Chris, I've known you for three years. I still have a lot of questions about what it means to be transgender. Can I mic you up and ask you all of them? And he was like, yep, let's do it. And I learned so much in that episode because I know Chris as a, as a human and as a dear friend, and I could tell you all about his training, but there's so much that I didn't understand about being transgender and wanted to understand. And I knew that he would be really open and honest. And, and I told him, I was like, listen, if I ask something that is offensive, tell me. If I ask something that I'm phrasing wrong, tell me. And I was like, I kind of, that was the only one I've ever been nervous for, even though he's a friend, because I consider myself to be so open-minded that as Chris said, you don't know what you don't know. And there was so much for me to learn. And the response from that episode was just absolutely incredible. Like I had family members call me, like my own family members being like, thank you for that episode. I learned so much. And like my family does not listen to podcasts. So I was, I was just really touched. And a lot of people said they learned a lot from Chris's episode. And I think the, that 
topic is so important right now. Like, it's great to talk about running and all the fun things. Like, what's our favorite foods, which I always ask people. All that stuff is great and it's entertaining, but Chris Moser's episode, I think, is just so important. And, and it's there's a lot to take away and learn from that one. So I recommend those two. So you were talking before, you know, you, I was going to ask you if you listen to music or podcasts when you're running, but it sounds like you like to listen to podcasts, correct? I do, but I'm, I'm a big music girl too, and I'm all about, like, a mix of pop music, like straight up cheesy pop music, uh-huh. Celine Dion, I love Celine Dion so much, and I think every song, every Celine Dion song is great for running, don't think that her music is too slow, it's perfect, and Broadway music, I, that is the, the former dancer in me, that my music, my playlists are always about 75% show tunes, so I do, I listen to a lot of music, I'm on Spotify, so... You and I would get along great. I, I just I, I love I love show tunes as well. But um, I wanted to ask you about podcasts. So, what are your favorite podcasts you like to listen to in addition to the Fit Bottom Girls podcast, of course? Yes, of course, and the Alley on the Run show. And my friend uh, Lindsay Hine, I'll have another. Hers is great as well, especially if you're a runner. She brings on lots of runners. Um, okay, so my podcast taste is not highbrow at all. My favorite podcast is the Lady Gang. Uh, the Lady Gang is hosted by three young women in L.A., uh, Becca Tobin, who was on Glee, Jack Vanek, she's a clothing designer, and Kelty Knight, and I found them because of Kelty. Kelty is a former Rockette and dancer, and when I worked at Dance Spirit, we had her on the cover. So I just have, like, kind of followed her career since she was on our cover, and now she's, like, a journalist on the red carpet. She does the red carpets for CBS. So she's pretty well known and, and they have this podcast and it's totally silly and it's, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's three girls. They bring on guests. Their best episode was they had Spencer Pratt as a guest and I love Spencer so much from the Hills, like Spencer and Heidi. (laughs) And it's just like, I, I spend my entire waking, all of my waking moments being consumed by media, writing, doing news. Like I, I'm constantly consuming stuff, and when I listen to podcasts, I just want to laugh. I just want to be entertained, and the Lady Gang is so that for me, and so it's not the most, um, you know, I don't walk away from it feeling like I better understand politics or or what's going on with global warming, but I feel like I've laughed, and that's kind of all I can ask for, especially right now. How about, oh man, I'm down to just a couple of questions, I think. But, I, okay, so Kristen, who unfortunately can't be here today, but loves you. I love her. Um, yeah, she, Kristen's awesome. She said there's, so you have a, a possibly a good story about an amazing trip to Africa and crying about giraffes. So I was wondering if maybe you could tell that story. <laughs> yeah, so I love giraffes. I, who doesn't, right? Giraffes are awesome. They're, they're awesome. So ma- they're so majestic and just lovely. So... Yeah, my husband and I went to Africa on our honeymoon. We got engaged in, um, what, 2014. We got engaged December 2014, which was very exciting. And right away, I was like, oh, wow, I have no idea what I want in a wedding dress, no idea what kind of wedding I want, no idea who will be on the guest list, but I want to go on a safari for our honeymoon. I've always wanted to go to Africa. Um, Like, I never cared about... Paris, so actually we went to Paris last year, which was very cool. Um, I never was like, oh, I want to go on those, to all the romantic places. I wanted to go to Africa, and I wanted to see animals in the wild, and I'm kind of, I'm, I'm very anti-zoo. I don't like the idea of animals in captivity. I wanted to go see what it was actually like seeing them in the wild. 
And it's not even a good story. It's like we went to, we went there for our honeymoon, which was so amazing. And I, I don't want to call it a once in a lifetime experience because I do believe we will go back and in a very different capacity. I want to go back and volunteer and be much more helpful. This was much more of like a, a first trip. Let's just take it all in and be on our honeymoon. But yes, we, on our very first drive, or they call them game drives, on our very first game drive, all of a sudden I saw a giraffe in the distance and I just lost my mind. And it, I was shocked, like I burst into tears and my husband documented the whole thing on camera because that's what he does. So I have all these photos of like these beautiful drafts and I'm just hysterical crying because I couldn't keep my cool. And they were just so beautiful and it was so special and I was very emotional and I didn't expect to be. And that I, I cried, I think, every day on that trip because I was just so happy. So yeah, that, that's really it. I saw beautiful giraffes and it changed my life and I love them. And now I want to go live in Africa and just help everyone and help all the animals. And there's got to be some kind of job in that, right? In that field? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Be. <laughs> yeah, so that was a very that was a very special trip. I'm dying to go back. I'm dying to see an, a, a lion in person. I've never oh, seen yeah. the oh. lions are cool. Oh, they're And amazing. you never see just you don't see just a lion because they're always in their pride. So you see yeah. like 10 lions at a time and you're like, "Oh my gosh, I am out in the wild and this car I'm in has no doors, windows, or a roof, and if these animals get super hungry, here I am, but they don't even, they're not even phased, as long as you don't do anything stupid, like dangle outside the, the vehicle, they just kind of go about their lives, and all of a sudden you're like, well, I'm surrounded by 10 hungry lions, and it's sunset, cool, so it's pretty awesome, highly recommend the Fit Bottom Girls trip to Africa, you guys could have a retreat, <laughs> oh, we could, let's make it happen, <sighs> come on universe, yeah. we need this, I'm in. <laughs> I'm committed. So I guess it's up to me. I'll, I'll ask you the last question, if that's okay with you, Jen. Yep, totally cool. Okay. All right, Allie, get ready. I'm ready. What was the last song you listened to before you did this podcast interview? Carly Rae Jepsen, Hooked on a Feel. Oh. Um, hey, is it Hooked on a, what is it called? Um, cut to the Feeling. Cut to the Feeling. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's my pump-up jam. It's my pump-up jam. I was listening to it as I walked into the room to do this. It is the single greatest song on the planet right now. Yeah. You really do that, like pop I mean, music. I know. I know. It's, I, I, there's no cool side of me. I'm not like, yeah, I love Drake. <laughs> I'm like, no, I like Carly Rae. Like, straight up, call me maybe. Call me yeah, maybe is the best song, song ever. Again. Yeah, again, it's like, I don't like, there's, I take a lot of things way too seriously in life. Like, if my husband does not make the bed in the morning, the rule is whoever gets out of bed last has to make it. So if I hear his alarm go off, I jump out of bed right before he does. I'm <laughs> but like I take making the bed very seriously. And I take the state of our dishwasher very seriously. I can't take like music too seriously. I can't take my podcast too seriously. I need to find a balance there and and just be able to find the lighter side of a lot of things. So that's still a work in progress. But I think Carly, I think Carly Rae will be the cure to my Crohn's disease. Absolutely. I totally believe that. Well, no pressure, Carly, but a new <laughs> album would be great. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the show today. You're a fantastic guest. It was really fun talking to you. Thank you for having me. I look forward to doing our live show in Africa together. Yeah, me too. Surrounded oh, by my God. Imagine that would be so, oh, there's a lot of potential here, so just think about it, okay? We're gonna send that out <laughs> yes. to the universe right now. Perfect, I love it. And and Kristen will be in, I can tell. We'll we'll just sign her oh, up yeah. as well. Oh yeah. 
Love this show? Tell us why in a five-star review on iTunes, and we'll read it on the air. Also, make sure you are a subscriber. If you want to reach out to say hi or have a question about a recent episode, yay, well, feel free to email us at podcast at fitbottomgirls.com. And if this podcast jives perfectly with your brand, consider sponsoring the show. Get more info by emailing advertising at fitbottomgirls.com. Find all kinds of Fit Bottom goodness online and on social media at Fit Bottom Girls, Fit Bottom Mamas, Fit Bottom Eats, and Fit Bottom Zen. And if books and movies are your thing, check out the other podcast I co-host called Book vs. Movie, which you can find anywhere where you search for podcasts. Thanks for listening.